Coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, the pros and cons of consuming organ meat with Daniel Eisenman. Yeah, I think this is really important. But a lot of times the path someone finds themselves on can be the path they lose themselves on. And that's cool. And it does take some courage to swallow the pill of truth that, like, hey, maybe this is not the path for me anymore. I'm a certified functional health practitioner who's on a mission to educate 1 billion people. I've been obese for most of my life. From rock bottom to the top of the mountain, I am passionate about studying ancient healing strategies like fasting and the ketogenic diet and curating this information on the Keto Camp podcast. My goal is to bring you the thought leaders in this space. My name is Ben Azadi, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, host of the Keto Camp podcast, a best-selling author, and the founder of Keto Camp. You can learn more about me over at benazadi.com. On today's episode, I have a great friend of mine, Daniel Eisenman. We've been friends for seven or eight years. Daniel actually wrote the foreword to my first book, The Perfect Health Booklet. He is an incredible resource out there right now speaking about the benefits of organ meat, bison and elk organ meat, and how to get it sustainably sourced the right way. And in this episode, we talk about his product, Tribe Vitamins, and why it's so important to get the right source of organ meat and what that can do for your energy levels, for testosterone, for uh, just feeling better. These organ meats, when sourced the right way, are loaded with minerals and vitamins. They are really nature's multivitamin. We're gonna talk about his story from being a raw vegan with his brothers, the Raw Bras, to actually being more of a meat eater and that whole transition, some of the backlash he got and why it's important not to put yourself in a dogmatic box. We talk about this dietary supplement based on indigenous medicine. We talk about his hunting experience, especially the first time he went out there and hunted, why it's so important right now more than ever to get the quality source of supplements with mineral depletion and soil problems. We talk about what are some of the benefits you might experience when you start to take quality organ meat. We get into the problems of conventionally raised meat, what that does to wipe out the immune system of cattle and other animals out there and why they pump them full of antibiotics to deal with that. We talk about the benefits of sun gazing, getting sun where the sun usually doesn't shine. That's right, we talk about that. And then we get into his book, Breaking Normal, which is a fantastic book. I highly recommend you get it on Audible. We'll put a link for that down below. And then there's also a conversation on the face mask and our freedom and what's happening in the world. He shares a story about going to the supermarket actually that same day, earlier on in the day before the recording and what happened at the supermarket and he, how he stood for freedom. So I love Daniel. You're going to love him too. He is so raw. He is so authentic. And I cannot wait to share him for the first time on the Keto Camp Podcast. Before I do, I want to take a minute here to get to the Apple Podcast rating and review of the day. This is a five-star review from Rich Jack. Informative and interesting, it is titled. Ben is a great human and an expert on keto and intermittent fasting, which can be followed with closed eyes. 
He is full of energy and transfers his energy to get everyone to their best and healthiest way. Oh, Rich, thank you so much for listening to the show and leaving that rating and review. I sure appreciate it. It does help the show grow and reach more people. If you have not left the Keto Camp podcast a rating or a review yet on Apple Podcast, please do so right now. And when you do that, take a screenshot of your rating and review and email that screenshot to support at ketocamp.com. And what we'll do is reply with my Keto Flex cookbook, which retails for 21 bucks. You'll get it for free as a thank you for leaving an honest rating and review. We are just a few days away from the worldwide release of my brand new book, Keto Flex. This book contains 311 pages of keto gold. In this book, I outline my four pillar approach to mastering keto and fasting and carnivore and all things cellular health. The book has a foreword by Dr. Daniel Pompa, and it has been endorsed by Thomas DeLauer, Dr. Jason Fung, Dr. Benjamin Bickman, Dr. Mindy Peltz, and other incredible thought leaders in the keto and fasting space. I believe this is going to be one of the greatest books ever written on keto. In the book, there's also recipe guides. There's a meal plan. There is what I call the Keto Camp Blueprint, which teaches you what to eat on keto, what not to eat on keto. I talk about how to do keto for the women out there. There's an entire chapter on why keto and fasting should be different for women versus men. And we dive deep into the cycling women, how to do that, and also the postmenopausal women, how to do it the right way. You could pre-order this book right now on Kindle by heading to ketoflexbook.com. And then on April 12th, the paperback will be available for purchase as well. I'd love your support with this book. Gift it to a friend, buy one for yourself, send it out to your community. Let's change the lives with this book called Keto Flex. You can check out the link in the podcast notes down below. I'd love for you to shoot me a follow on Instagram and Clubhouse. My Instagram and Clubhouse handle is at the Benazadi. I post a lot of great stories and IGTVs and do live streams on Instagram. And then also on Clubhouse, I am live every Monday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time with Cynthia Thurlow. And then every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern time with the Platinum Practitioners and some other uh, conversation sprinkled in between that. So give me a follow on Instagram and Clubhouse at the Ben Azadi. All right, let's talk all things organ meat and our freedom with Daniel Eisenman. Daniel Eisenman graduated pre-med from Emory University with a bachelor's in biology and even took the MCAT in 2007. Before applying to medical school to stay on the path of normal, quote unquote, as people advised him, he decided to take a year off. That year off has now turned into a decade of breaking normal while getting paid to do the things he would pay to do, including visiting all 50 states and around 20 countries. Daniel travels the world as a keynote speaker and facilitator of radical retreats and workshops based on the principles of raw honesty and emotional freedom. Daniel recently started a new company called Tribe Vitamins, where his commitment and dedication is to source quality bison and elk organ meat to deliver it to the consumer so they could benefit and benefit regenerative agriculture. So without further ado, here is Daniel Eisenman. Daniel Eisenman, welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast, brother. I'm very thankful and excited to be here. I'm feeling pretty raw today, so I'm mm. stoked. 
We get some rawness. Yeah, I knew that we would. It's great to be with you today, brother. Uh, we've been friends for a few years. We'll talk about that and how we got to know each other. I know your story, but I'd love for you to share with my audience your story, being part of the raw bras, being a vegan, and, and to what you're doing today. So share your story, brother. Oh, wow. Okay, let's see. Starting with the raw bras, let me see how that began. That was yeah. my brothers and I. At that point in my life, I was calling myself a Craigslist connoisseur, and I was getting paid to go to all these cool concerts and gigs and cities to be a promotional model or a brand ambassador and give out free swag. And I think at one point we realized, like, hey, man, we, we only been – the stuff we're giving out, we only been use ourselves, such as these little Debbie snack cakes. I, I think that's what it was. We were on this oh. um, specific gig for this Christian based company called little Debbie. And it's like hostess competition. And they make these, these famous snack cakes that I grew up on. Like one of them called, we call them devil dogs. I think they're actually called like Swiss cake rolls. And anyways, I, at one point I realized like what this marketing campaign was all about. And it was basically targeting, targeting lower demographic people in the United States with these and kind of seducing them into these free snack cakes to get a picture with it, to create this million smile mission mosaic of little debbie on these cars we were driving around the country and um I, I think i saw like this mom like so it's just seemingly like i imagine if anyone's diabetic this is her and her children are heading directly that direction and i'm giving them these snack cakes that they're giving to their children and this marketing campaign is just working like a charm and I think at that point, we basically dropped that gig and we're like, hey, let's just start promoting what we do. And at that point, we were experimenting with a raw vegan diet. We had this YouTube channel called The Raw Bras, and um, we, we did that for a year or so on and off. And really, seven months straight, I remember I did that raw vegan diet, only fruits, um, vegetables, nuts and seeds, stuff like that. And why, uh, why did you decide? Oh, to do I, it, was, it feels so good. It felt so good for, and I was, I felt like I found the Holy grail to, because I was just eating the flesh of like fallen, <laughs> like the flesh of these sex organs of these fallen fruits from these trees, no harm done. I was like a little bird, like a Rasta bird, just eating these the sugar from these fallen fruits, and that was it. And uh, for a month or so, I think for a month for most people, especially if they have a lot of inflammation and they've been on like the sad, the standard American diet, they'll probably, they'll probably lose a pound a day. They'll probably lose a pound a day. And we were doing that, and we were like the three of us, my brothers and I, we were super athletic, and we became like these raw vegan icons. So it like became like, hey, the raw are doing it. Look at them. And we like it, it got became a slippery slope because when it stopped working for us, it was challenging for us to let it go. Mm. And because we were getting praise for doing something that served us at one point in our life, but it was no longer serving us. And that was proven by this uh, hormone test I did. Uh, my testosterone was so low that the doctor was ready to prescribe me testosterone right there. I was like a young 20-year-old man. So I ate a piece of salmon the next night. That night, woke up with morning wood for the first time in a long time. Went to a raw fruit vegan fest and told that story. No one had answers for me. It was just like, uh, this guy is kind of like a blasphemous. Uh, he's dangerous to this culture. <laughs> and uh, so our Rob Ross movement became all about being raw, telling the truth, and accurately reporting what was happening for us. And we started running retreats on health through honesty for like years, amazing retreats, which turned into the company International Tribe Design that kind of took off on my own and another business partner. I think that's around the time we met. Yeah, now I have a podcast called Breaking Normal, which is also the name of my book. And when COVID hit and all this crazy stuff about no more social gatherings and 
flights and travel being restricted. We stopped doing our retreats and I started going through a divorce simultaneously. So I stopped doing the retreats for now. I do have one planned, a hunting one in October for America's fastest animal called the pronghorn, which most people call the antelope. But in this period off, I did a lot of meditating, you can say, and marinating on what I want to shift into, what I want to transition to in this transitionary time of our culture. And um, I decided to get into the dietary supplement space and create the best supplement that didn't exist. And it's basically one ingredient called bison liver. (laughs) Yeah, and I've tried it. And then we'll get into that. Before we do, I have a question on, so you were doing Raw Vegan, you and your brothers. Uh, I discovered you on YouTube, the Raw Bros on YouTube, and then we connected when you flew down to Miami for a bit and we've been in touch. You wrote the foreword to my first book, Perfect Health Booklet, by the way, if the keto campers didn't know that. When you decided, when you understood and had the awareness that this nutritional approach is not working for you, your hormones are tanked, your testosterone was low, which one of you decided, okay, we got to break free of this? And was that a challenge to kind of convince the other brothers? Yeah, if I remember correctly, Nathaniel, the youngest, biggest brother, who is a world-class swimmer, he still is. I bet if he got back in the water, he could probably break records because he's so much stronger and bigger now. He realized like this was, it wasn't working for him to swim as fast. So he wanted to eat eggs. <laughs> yeah. And we were like, you're going to eat eggs? Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> we're going to have to tell everyone you're not a raw vegan anymore. And then uh, we did. And he told, we told everyone. And, and the reactions were so sickening that I just was like, I'm, no, even if I'm a vegan anymore, I'm not going to tell anybody. And, you know, if you fast forward to today, I mean, that happens to this day. And it's not just with the vegan diet. It's with the keto diet. It's with the carnivore diet. So what, what are the issues that occur? You've seen it yourself. But what are some of the issues that can happen and is happening when you are putting yourself in this dogmatic box when it comes to your nutritional philosophy? Yeah, it's almost as um, I'm, I'm, a new metaphor is arising. What's that raw day to day? I'm thinking about like a vehicle. Um, as us and us being the vehicle for the metaphor, they're sure like it's some maybe there's new gasolines coming out all the time, new new iterations of premium gasoline coming out all the time, and I think some people get confused that because this premium fuel may have worked for them at a certain period of their time, maybe if this fuel works best in Georgia or in Costa Rica in a tropical area. But if you go to Colorado in the high altitudes, you better change your fuel or you might end up with a real situation with your car. Because some people think like they, they're just willing to give up their whole identity because they fully identify they, they, their, their full well-being because they fully identified, identified with this one way of being hmm. that's no longer serving them. And it's, yeah, I think this is really important that a lot of times the path someone finds themselves on can be the path they lose themselves on. And that's cool. And it does take some courage to swallow the pill of truth that, like, hey, maybe this is not the path for me anymore. Um, but when a lot of people, when a whole culture of people are depending on you to be that way, then that kind of creates some pressure maybe to do things to, to like maintain a secret life or to have split personalities, which causes all kinds of issues for the followers and that person, or to be real, because it, it seems like the biggest truth from that, the way I see it is change. I don't I, I, everything's changing all the time. 
Yeah, and if you think about just studying our ancestors, ancient culture, that there's not one culture in the history of this world that stuck with the same diet long term. So yeah, there were periods of time where they were vegan, they were raw vegan, they were doing keto, they were doing carnivore, but they adapted and they changed, just like you said. They're, they were always changing, and that's where I believe is true health, when you could uh, achieve this metabolic freedom and flexibility to have maybe 30 days of a vegan, raw vegan approach, and then transition to a, maybe a carnivore approach and kind of just adapt that's where I see the benefit. And that's actually the principle behind my new book, Keto Flex, right? So going and using keto and then flexing out and then building up the metabolism. So, so. When's that book coming out? I didn't know about that book. Yeah. And that's a great, a great title, great, great cover, great looking cover. And it looks thick. It is 311 pages. Uh, April 12th, it comes out. So by the time this episode is out, it should be around that time. But yeah, it's a, to your point is why I brought it up. Because well, I'm so happy you had that out because yeah, like you keep, I look at keto camp. That's a concern for what we're talking about. Let's see if another one. It's another brand like that. It's it, if there's built into it, like someone might think that keto camp means that, uh, and I don't know what it exactly means to you now versus when it first started. But what if the keto diet's not working anymore? And that, and that was kind of my question for so, when we were talking about this. And I'm like, well, look at you. You got that freaking book. I bet that's what that's about. <laughs> Exactly. So I love keto as a tool, but it's not the only tool, right? So we use it as that short-term tool and we flex in and out of ketosis. So you're right. A lot of people, they're surprised when I go on pod and I'm being interviewed, I talk about keto camp and what we represent. And I say, look, I love keto. I love ketosis, but I don't think it's healthy long-term. You know, I think it's important to use it as one of the tools that we have in the toolbox. So that's the whole principle behind it. And it mimics our ancestors because yes, every single one of our ancestors did keto. That's a fact, but they also got out out of ketosis whenever they had the opportunity. And that's what it's about. It's the change. It's the uh, adaptability. And when you adapt, good cells get stronger and bad cells don't adapt. So I love that share. I was also a vegan for a year and a half, not raw, but a year and a half and my health tanked as well. And I put myself in that box. So for those listening, if you feel like you're in that category, you feel like you've been dogmatic about it, maybe it's time to face that pill, swallow that pill and, and make a change, right? The only thing that's important is your true health and your uh, being free to do so. So then yeah, you got- my recent go podcast guest said something along the lines, I think it was Chef Lance and the episode might be called like Bone Broth, Grateful Dead and Jesus. Uh, he, was the, he was the original acquirer of bonebroth.com. Wow. Um, but he, I think he said something that really struck me. It was like, you know, some people uh, fight till they die for something that they thought they were right about and they were actually wrong. Mm. Mm. He's right. And uh, that's an interesting title <laughs> to your podcast. So you got into bison liver and now also elk liver and you called it tribe vitamins. Why bison? Why was that your go-to source? Firstly, it's America's national animal. It's uh, the biggest, it's the biggest mammal indigenous to America that still naturally lives here. There's a lot of symbolism around the bison. I mean, I, I, there, and mysticism. For me personally, I felt called. I feel like the bison want to run free and they're calling me, including this painting. I'm not sure if this will be on video, but this was like literally in my friend's closet. He was hiding it. He has all these other amazing paintings around, but he thought he was like embarrassed of this one. I'm like, what? This is so ridiculous. This is exactly what I feel like is going on in our world right now. And I think bison are wild, much more wild and much more strong and much more resilient than the cow and uh, the cow is the cow organ industry is blowing up for good reason right now because those the organs of these animals are truly medicine in my opinion and they can really help people 
And I think bison is better than cows <laughs> for nutrition wise. And if like I had a choice, I would choose bison over a cow. Um, I look at a cow as like a domesticated foreign animal that was not indigenous to this land that I live on. However, the bison roam free, maybe up to like 40 million, apparently like there may, it may have taken days to get through herds of bison through the prairies of the United States, which we like now, no one even thinks about like, they think it's like a wasteland of monocrops. And this is the issue. I want to bring back the bison. I want the, the there's 400,000 bison right now. And there's a hundred million cows on earth mm. in the early 1900s, late 1800s. There was almost zero bison left. There were literally scientists that were going around collecting the bones because they got rid of them all. And that gets to be a pretty hairy history about like, was there a government propaganda that like a dead bison is a dead Indian? Was that like a situation? Um, was that part of what happened here? And that so we could remove all these wild animals that are hard to fence in and they're hard to domesticate and we can bring the cows over and isolate these animals and isolate these people that know how to live off the land with these animals. I mean, it's all kind of scary to think about, but um, there are pioneers in this industry, a few pioneers left that are only raising 100% grass-finished bison. There's not a lot. And I'm basically buying all their liver <laughs> and I'm freeze drying it and encapsulating it so people can microdose on that liver on a daily basis. And the liver, I'm sure your audience is probably familiar. It's arguably the nature's most potent multivitamin. And I think the source counts. I'd rather eat. Um, I've even heard this from one of my friends as a buffalo farmer, not a bison farmer. It's funny how that, that gets convoluted too. Why do people call them buffalo? That's probably because of what the Europeans were familiar with. They've never seen American bison. And they came over here and they just called it buffalo. And people, I think it's wrong to call them buffalo. Why not call them bison or Tatanka? With like, well, why not call them what the indigenous people called them instead of this kind of racket, you know, of treating bison like cows and calling them buffalo? Hmm. Um, it's not even the right terminology. A buffalo is more closely related to like an antelope than a bison. And anyways, I get, I'm just so enthralled by this. And really the truth of the matter is that this freaking supplements work. Most of the people that have taken them seem to have uh, just more stamina and energy. Uh, some people have mirac miracle, like mirac miraculous testimonies and some people don't notice much. But the miraculous testimonies, and for myself, like my hair, nails, and my nails, they keep growing. I, like, I, I didn't break a nail the other day. I broke a nail clipper. I'm just like, it's almost a problem how fast my nails are growing. That's a good sign of health, by the way. I uh, know. It's one of my favorite quotes in another interview. I remember it was like with Paul Chad quoting Laird Hamilton, who I've met both those guys, and they're amazing. But like, what's God? Uh, God is the truth. What's the truth? The truth is what works. And reality is that I felt really called to this through some sort of bison mysticism. And now I'm getting like almost testimonies every day about how amazing this is for people that had nothing to do with it. They just clicked a few buttons on the computer and now they're at their doorsteps. And, I, and I'm so I'm stoked. I love this project. So what are some other amazing testimonials, you know, anecdotal shares that you heard? Uh, I'm, I'm curious to hear yeah, about something that. about like mom, it seems like women from like 40 to 60 that have some sort of abdominal issues, like persistent abdominal issues, like going away immediately, hmm. including my mom, my friend uh, Jennifer's mom, actually the wife of the painter here and uh, other other women like feeling uh better like something at more ease and i my guess is a lot of a lot of women are iron deficient and don't know it 
and this is probably these pills here. This is probably like the most bioavailable source of iron uh, that you can get. And I, I can even tell you that because when I handle the powder, it's almost like magnetic. It's almost like dealing. It's almost like is this? Is there magnets in this powder? And I think it's just because it's loaded with heme iron, which is different than the iron found in vegetables and yeah, in the vegetables. It is. Yeah. Non-heme iron is not absorbable as much as heme iron. And yeah, a cycling woman typically has lower levels of iron. And if you think about it, it makes sense that these women are feeling much better using these supplements, using trivitamins, because when we look at the fruits and vegetables out there, when we look at our food supply in general, it is just stripped of nutrients and minerals. The soils are depleted. So now you find a source that is 100% grass-fed, grass-finished, bison liver. The liver, I call the liver the soccer mom organ because it does so much for us. But that liver is loaded with vitamins and nutrients, and it's highly absorbable. So just taking it, you get that immediate hit of vitamins and nutrients that enter your cells, and that's what where I'm hearing here about these uh, amazing shares. Oh, yeah, and it's raw. So this has never been cooked. It's freeze-dried, which is like the same process NASA uses. So that basically means it sucks out all the water. So it's just the powder that's left. It's about 70% water of the bison liver there and I, did, I forgot to mention like you know talking about the liver and I, you said the 100% grass finish which I'm happy you mentioned that again I think I meant to say this earlier I mentioned the buffalo farmer he does these Asian water buffalo and they're all grass finished and um, he also goes to slaughterhouses where there's regular cows that are being slaughtered and he sees the livers of his animals versus those cows livers and he says it just looks like his livers look like they're ready. They're like standing straight up in purple, like it's deep purple. And then uh, they, he looks at those and they're like orangish and looking like toxic. Like they've, mm -hmm. they, like they've really been worked. So I think his belief and my belief is that we're supplying some of the laziest livers on earth yeah. <laughs> for you to microdose on. Yeah, and I learned something from you through a text message. You had told me a few months ago that 90% of the bison out there is actually grain-fed. Is that correct? Uh, grain finish. Grain finish, excuse me. What are the issues with that? Why is that a problem? Well, the problem is that it's causing a fattening inflammation response. Just like when it probably causes a very similar response to when most people's humans eat too much grain. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, they load these animals up on grain, probably because it's like a just a cattle practice and then they're using government subsidized grain and they get a bit more profit and then bison need a lot of land to roam on so people they're trying to get away with having them on less land might want to supplement they're trying rationalizing they can supplement them on grain but yeah i've heard i mean i've heard all kinds of things i talked to a lot of these ranchers and it seems like the people that are doing this to the bison are they didn't make it in the beef industry so they're trying to do it in the bison industry and they're treating the bison like cows and they're not and it's not really fair and because trivitamins if like joe rogan if i get on the joe rogan podcast tomorrow and he sells thousands of bottles for hundreds of days it's like i don't know if i have enough supply for that yet my that but we have a bigger we have a bigger project here than just making a scalable company and it's to bring awareness to this issue let's not treat bison like cows and let's stop treating humans like cows and let's stop acting let's stop volunteering to be like cows like signing up for experimental gene therapy for a donut i mean like shit, we look worse than cows i mean like at least cows you you have to put them in you force it upon them i'm like these humans are volunteering yeah you dangle a donut and they're volunteering yeah we'll talk about that i want to take a quick break here to share with you about the dangers of taking fish oil. I know, shocking. I was somebody who took fish oil every single day for years. 
And then I came across a ton of research showing the dangers of consuming fish oil. I immediately found an amazing product called Pureform. Pureform is a plant-based omega. And the cool thing about Pureform is that it is uniquely processed with nitrogen to preserve it and make sure it does not oxidize. These essential fatty acids are cold pressed and you get the proper balance of omega-6 and omega-3 to feed your cells what it desires. We know that life begins and ends at the cell membrane. And when you have the proper fats, the building blocks for those cell membranes, all of a sudden your fat burning hormones can do its job. So you lose weight. All of a sudden your cells produce energy. So you feel good. So we know that cellular health is key for performance and longevity. So I've been taking Pureform every single day. My dog takes it every single day. So does my girlfriend and my mom. This is how much I love the product. If you want to get your bottle delivered to your door, head over to purelifescience.com. Check them out. Order a bottle or two and you'll be amazed by how you feel after taking this just after a few days. That is purelifescience.com. Use the coupon code BEN4 to apply a $4 off coupon. That is BEN, B-E-N, and the number four. International shipping is available. Okay, let's go back into this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. On your website, you have some great educational material on uh, the bison and also on your YouTube channel, which is it's Daniel Eisenman on YouTube. Is that what it is? That is correct. We'll put a link for it down below in the notes. But I also noticed on your website today that you have elk liver. So why did you decide to get into that? Well, elk right there by the bison. Um, there's a, there's several animals that are indigenous to this land that have such fascinating histories that people still are aware of today, sometimes just hunters. But the elk, what an amazing, resilient, big, beautiful animal that has roamed these lands before we did. And um, I found this cool company that has like kind of bent the laws in Texas where um, they can actually harvest wild elk. There's what happened is these just huge ranches in Texas that had like acquired breeding pairs of elk and they went out of control, like overpopulated. And there's a bunch of wild elk overtaking these lands. So these, this company comes out and culls the herd, like bends the herd of about 200 to 250 female elk every quarter. And they, the way they can do this is they go out with an inspector on site at night with silencers and spotlights and take the elk down and the inspector is there with them and they have like this electrolysis machine that drains the blood immediately and they do this hunting harvest of wild elk and i bought all their liver last time basically and, and we probably have like several hundred bottles left of that so for anyone that wants to try wild elk liver as well and that i think there is a difference like i feel like the bison is more powerful and the elk i feel maybe more agile mm. Interesting. Yeah. So for those listening, if you want to go check out the product, it's tribevitamins.com. And if you use Keto Camp, Camp with a K, Keto Camp at checkout, you'll get 11% off your first order. We'll put a link for that down below as well. Now you mentioned hunting and I wanted to ask you about that because you, you're somebody who has hunted before, but what was it like your first time going out there and actually hunting? Did you have uh, fear? Did you have hesitation? How did it feel to actually kill your first animal when you were hunting? Yeah, I definitely had all that. And I, but I was very intentional. It was just, uh, I've recently started this book called Psycho Cybernetics. It reminds mm -hmm. me a lot of Breaking Normal. Have you listened to Psycho Cybernetics? Of course, that yeah. one? Classic, first yeah. time, first time listening to it. And I'm like, 
it, this idea that like I had a in such a clear intention that I was leaving with a pig and a deer. That's what I was going hunting for so that I could bring that meat back to my daughter and my family and my friends because my daughter was starting to eat meat and it seemed like she really liked it. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go get some of the best meat around me. And yeah, I had all those emotions, everything, all of it. Paradoxically enough, it was probably the closest experience to seeing my daughter born was me killing those animals. Uh, that like the feeling of that. And I've heard all kinds of stories about, um, I mean, it was, it was definitely not, not traumatic. I was traumatized. Well, like I got traumatized. I, I, that night I killed, I shot a pig in the head and then we harvested it and hung it in a tree. And then I woke up like six hours later to shoot a doe and flying 200 plus yards away that I didn't even know how I did it. <laughs> I still don't know. I guess like there's the profoundness of like this flow state of all the emotions and the reality of taking an, like the reality and the responsibility of taking another being's heartbeat away from it so other people can have a better heartbeat so more people can have a better heartbeat more and longer including the ones i care about the most it is so convicting it really will make a man think that was like i have a couple podcasts with my friend wes atkinson who i plan to go hunting for the pronghorn which is right there with the bison very similar story to the bison but they're not on the market for meat as much. They're much smaller. They're much quicker. There's just like weird stories that are not even true about how bad they taste. But anywho, I've never felt more connected to my ancestors. And I've, uh, it is the closest experience that I've had to seeing my daughter born. That's mm. how I would describe it. Yeah, it's a power, powerful description. You mentioned Breaking Normal, right? That's your book. It's available on paperback, also on Audible. I, I read it and I listened to it a few years ago. It's a great book. If you could explain to the keto campers what exactly is Breaking Normal and what, what would they... I know you talk about you know not having expectations, but if somebody read the book or listened to it, what would they expect to get from the book? <laughs> well... I mean, it goes back to that topic I was discussing. Like, yeah, people will just sign up for this stuff. Like, the, the thing that the thing that we force upon cows, humans will sign up voluntarily. <laughs> and that just, like, rocks my mind. And that's what I've seen. So I hosted retreats for a decade, all about, like, health through honesty and self-acceptance through self-expression and just be fully ourselves regardless of what it looks, long, looks like as long as it's healthy and helpful and uh, finding that balance and – breaking the addiction to approval and getting addicted to authenticity instead. And I like running retreats on that. And this is just like so clearly a golden thread of ways that people just limit their own growth. Like if we go back to the car metaphor, I don't know if you've heard of like governors on cars, like you can put a governor on a car that could go like 200 miles per hour, but you can make it where it won't go over 120. It seems like people just put all these governors on their growth uh, that I think were like placebos projected upon them at a young age and they kind of forgot that it's not their own belief like almost like a virus of the mind <laughs> that took over mm -hmm. so i just highlighted all the exercises that we did at these retreats that i think exercised those viruses the, the most efficiently and how to do them and if you want to do them this is things to look out for and then yeah it's a summary of that it's about i guess a, probably a four hour plus audiobook that i read I, I suggest it on audio. Most of the mm -hmm. books I consume are through audio. So that's how I, I feel like I really put the full effort into the audio book. 
You also had on, on, on the audio some other people, uh, some of your participants, right, from the retreats? Is that right? Yeah, we had like some people that would do some voice acting of some of like the confession sessions mm -hmm. and um, what would come up when we did the naked exercises. And then J.P. Sears reads the foreword. Y'all probably, a lot of y'all probably know about J.P. Sears, who's just such a freaking fighter for freedom and the most easy to easy capsule to swallow in the form of comedy and spiritual satire is one of my best friends and uh he reads the foreword and uh yeah it's a good book it is <laughs> I, I think it's a great book i think it's I've, I've listened to a lot of books and i've listened to that one a couple of times it's one of my favorites yeah it's uh, i agree with you go go listen to it you could uh, we'll put a link for it in the notes of the podcast so let's stay on this topic of breaking normal we live in 2021 there's a lot going on right now there's always a lot going on but right now we see an uphill battle. There's a resistance, I should say. There's a big resistance going on, a big push against holistic health, a big push against people who want to, let me reframe, let me rephrase this. Like um, my friend from Israel, who's helped me to try vitamins a lot. Apparently, if anyone like questions the mask idea, they get labeled as a COVID denier. Mm. So I'm just, I just kind of made the joke, like even like you COVID deniers, you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because my premise is that the body is capable of healing as long as we do our part, right? We make sure we're not interfering with this amazing body that it's, we have this creation. And as long as we do our part, then what can a virus do to a healthy body? What can a virus do to even a, a body that's not even some, that's somewhat unhealthy? But the point is this. We have a big resistance right now. We have a lot of our freedoms being stripped away from social media, from going into restaurants and airplanes. And we have one situation, which is the face mask. Now, the face mask, there's a whole debate out there, as you know, Daniel. You know, we have one side who's saying you got to do your part and protect humanity, protect your neighbor. And then you have the other side saying, wait a minute, like, does this actually help? You know, are there any, is there any concrete research that shows if you're not having symptoms, you're spreading the virus, have, haven't viruses been there forever? So where do you stand on this side of the mask? Debate? Well, it sounds a lot like classic brainwashing to me. Um, what is the most classic form of that? It's probably the most triggering. It's just probably religious. Like if you don't believe this, you'll burn in hell forever. What's more hellish? than the idea of you potentially killing old people. Mm. Yeah. So if you don't do this, this is what you are. Yeah, good try. And I'm shocked of how work, how well it works for so many people. Hey, I have a medical condition and uh, spiritual. I have my religious exemption too. It's called, uh, I'm a human being that breathes oxygen to survive. And if you want me to block my airway, we're, that's an ethical breach. Mm -hmm. Other, if you want to block your own, air, own airway, that's not a breach. You can do whatever you want to yourself. I'm sad about what a lot of people do to themselves, but it gets yeah. We're in a slippery slope of like I'm here because my grandparents were courageous enough to say no to the Nazis. My dad, my dad's dad, and his dad, so my grandfather and my great grandfather, create a potato garden in Poland under a graveyard during the times when probably a lot of their peers were listening to the authorities. They won't have kids. They didn't never have kids. So anyways, I think I'm here 
because I have ancestors very close that were courageous enough not to listen to authoritative figures. And uh, just so if anyone knows, I'm, I'm not, I was trying to talk, talk about this in my live IGTV today. What is the experiment called where they got these subjects to shock people? You know what I'm talking about? I think it's called like Stanford Prison Experiment. Uh, I don't know. <sighs> Anyways, there's a lot of sociology that points to the direction that the strongest status symbol for influence in our culture is a surgeon with a mask on. Mm-hmm. And like more so than the preacher, more so than most people's own inner guidance. And this kind of experiment was showing that they're like, wow, these people will shock people to basically death as long as someone in a white lab coat is telling them mm-hmm. to do it. And I think it's important that people might, it's, it's really, it's amazing because I'm like amazed by the potential trickery of what's going on yeah. because it's giving people maybe the sensation or the idea or the facade, the illusion that they are some sort of surgeon status now because they get to wear this mask and tell other people why they should be wearing it. But it's in the meantime, it's like the puppet. It's like the puppet that became out. They were real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and they're not speaking about the mainstream media is not speaking about, all right, what about getting some sun? What about taking some tribe vitamins? What about getting some vitamin D? What about eating healthy? Instead, like you said earlier, they're incentivizing people to get a shot, a vaccination that's experimental for a, a free donut. And then you have these people posting, you know, I got my donut with this pointing out their shot. Isn't that completely backwards, Daniel? Oh, yeah, I mean, you were talking about cool books. Have you read Outwitting the Devil? Yeah. I think you actually recommended it. Yeah, that's one of my favorites as yep. well. And uh, Napoleon Hill is talking about he has a conversation with the devil. And he, mm-hmm. the idea is that he documented his conversation with the devil and interrogated the devil. And that the uh, family would not release the book until like years after the author was gone, dead, um, or transitioned to the other realm. And uh, the conversation is very compelling. The conversation is like uh, the devil is basically claiming in that book that I think he says he has 98% of people under like the palm of his hand through hypnotic trance and uh, through the media, politicians, preachers and teachers, doctors. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, this is a good time to read that book. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on. Yeah. So how do you deal with it when you're going to restaurants, when you're out and about? I mean, you have a daughter. You're on an airplane. Like, how do you deal with the face mask situation in your life? Well, today I had a big interaction about it because um, one of my favorite restaurants, the the, late, the cashier kept – I wear a sleeping mask on my face when I go there. <laughs> <laughs> but it covers my nose and mouth. And they just kept suggesting that I wear – like yesterday they suggested that I wear a mask and I got like real – like I was with a friend and I'm like, oh, I'm like, I have a mask. I'm like, let's, I guess this might just be a social justice warrior that's feeling a little righteous today and I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen. I like resorted to one of the Fs that I tell people not to in my book called Facade. I just pretend that quite – she gave me a mask, a different mask to wear and I just pretended that didn't happen i got my cookie and left but i came back today because i love that place i wanted to get some bread for my bone broth and she did it again like they act like it was a huge ass deal and then the the owner happened to be in the sitting there in the restaurant without a mask on hmm. and i'm like so yeah I, i've sent so many people i actually was like telling them about my podcast and like I've, i think i like bragged about this place publicly for certain reasons and i'm like i'm quite embarrassed that this you're this person is harassing me what's wrong with my mask and why aren't you wearing one? This is such a big deal. He's like, well, because I'm sitting. 
And I'm like, okay. So then I sat right on the ground in the restaurant and I took my mask off and I had a big ass conversation in front of all the customers that they were, and they were trying to like keep me like quiet and like, no, 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 they were trying to make it like all secretive. And I was like, I just, I don't know what to do. I actually don't know what to do. And since I was not with my daughter and I was not with my, anyone else, I was by myself. I'm like, I got to take a stand today. No, you're not going to harass me about this face diaper anymore. No, like I did my diligence. You asked me to put a mask on to get my cookies. So I came in. I love your cookies. And you don't need to give me fashion advice. I don't tell you how to wear your shoes or shirt. So don't tell me how to wear this face diaper. It's hard enough for me to comply at all. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what to do. I, I mean, it's at a point where it's like this idea of people get what they tolerate. So I'm not sure if I can tolerate it anymore. I might just uh, like tomorrow I'm hosting a meetup. And it's maskless. And, you know, the way we're going to do that legally is everyone has to sign up for a membership for this restaurant that allows it. Um, and I'm stoked for that. And, then, and this is the place I might, I might just start going there only until other places yeah. allow me to breathe fully. Mm-hmm. Well, the great thing is that a lot, a lot more people are waking up. And when you do what you just did and you, you stand your ground, uh, you're giving other people who see that or hear about it right here on the podcast the permission to do the same thing. And again, it's it's... The divide, that's the issue here. Like Daniel said it earlier, if you want to put a face mask on, go for it. That is your right. It's your, we respect that. You know, if you want to get a shot, go ahead, get it. But, you know, do yourself a favor and educate yourself first and then make an educated decision. A lot of people are not doing that. They're making their decisions based off of fear from the politicians, from mainstream media, from their Facebook feed. And that's where we get into trouble. So I'm like you, Daniel, and I've gotten a lot of heat on my social media. I imagine somebody listening right now is triggered and I've had people leave, you know, uh, you know, unfollow me, et cetera. And I'm sure that's happened for you, but I'm like you, I want to stand for freedom. Uh, I'm in Florida where it's a lot more open, but I still walk the streets and I get harassed by police officers and I get masks shamed by other people. But you know what? I'm okay with that because I'm standing my ground and I believe I'm giving other people now permission to do the same thing. And I see more people waking up to that. I really do. Uh, So my next question to you is this. Where do you see this going two years from now? Like what is America, what is the world going to look like two years from today? Well, yeah, I want to bring up the book again. Like is it 98% of people are under the trance of the devil. I, I don't know, but it does seem like there may be like an apocalypse and, and an ascension of consciousness and culture happening simultaneously. And maybe that's the only way it can happen. Maybe life and death can only happen together. Maybe there's only you know, there's two sides of every coin. And yeah, I, I might just get to accept, maybe it's going to split into a bunch of communities and then the mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> like a bunch of wild bison herds and and then the factory farm. Hey, Keto Camper, I want to interrupt this episode real quick and let you know about a product I've been using to reduce inflammation and to get better sleep. When it comes to the CBD space, it is like the wild, wild west. And the company I've discovered is Dr. Phillips Formulations. It is pure, safe, potent, and yes, it's formulated by a doctor. They bring over 20 years of medical experience to their CBD oil. They have a proprietary formulation which combines pure, high quality ingredients with the knowledge of a board certified physician. They have tinctures that are internationally certified for non-GMO. And here's what they also have, keto CBD fruit chews. Yes, they are keto friendly, they taste delicious, and they're a great way to reduce inflammation in the body. The third thing that I use from them is the topical cream. 
There's very few, if any, CBD products on the market that can compare to this. I use the topical cream when I have some soreness, maybe in my lower back. I put this cream and the next morning the pain is gone. We have worked out a deal for Keto Campers to get 15% off your order by heading over to drphillipscbd.com slash ketocamp. Dr. Phillips CBD is spelled D-R-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S-C-B-D.com slash ketocamp. Remember that's camp with a K. Let's get back to this episode. Well, you know that basketball arenas like the NBA, for example, the Miami Heat, they recently just announced a section for their games for vaccinated people. And that's going to happen at other arenas. And then there's going to be restaurants that have a section for vaccinated people. There's going to be airlines that have a section for vaccinated people. So uh, that's a scary thought. Yeah, didn't we learn that about like in segregation and stuff? I and have, that <laughs> exactly. So it's and scary. Was like since the skin color is like we're over that. Not everyone. Not everyone's over that, by the way. But for the most of us that are over that, now we have to come out with something from the outside in instead of yeah. the inside out. Yeah, you know, and it's ridiculous. Anybody who actually reads the science, and you can't, I could have a conversation with somebody and give them a stack of studies that show the masks are ineffective and actually what it does more negative than positive. But if they're fear-based, none of that will get through them. So I have learned to use my energy on those who are actually willing and open to actually hear it. But if anybody does go and do the research, because the research is out there, you will see this. Number one, there's not one study in the world that shows somebody who is asymptomatic. So no symptoms. Somebody who's asymptomatic. There's not one study that shows an asymptomatic person can express any virus, coronavirus, any virus. Number one. So if you're not expressing symptoms, why are you wearing a mask? Why are you being fearful? Why are you doing these things, social distancing? You could choose to do so, but you're not going to be expressing that because your immune system, innate intelligence is adapting to it and dealing with it. So there's not one study that shows that. And then when we talk about the mask situation, the most I've seen effective is 3%. The mask is 3% effective. And that's according to the Lancet study. There's a Mount Sinai study. There's so many studies out there. But again, I could regurgitate these studies and share it with people. But if they're fear-based, it's just going to go through one ear and out the other. So do you see the same thing? Do you waste your energy at all with people who are just unwilling to hear it? Well, I mean, let me put it this way. I have helped people that were, I think may have drowned, that, like literally in the ocean, that they may have drowned if I didn't help them. Probably about four people in my life. And I did that. But that's a huge risk. Most people that, I think the, there's some kind of crazy statistics out there that most of the time when someone's drowning and someone goes to help them, that person that helps them is more likely to drown than the person yeah. that actually was. I don't know if that carries over directly to this, but I do think that where attention goes, energy flows, and like the, the, current, the true currency is like our time. That's the true currency is our time. And what we do with our that time seems to be determined where we put our attention. And even if we're putting our attention, like trying to convince someone to not like why this whole thing is silly, you're paying attention to what you don't want. Mm -hmm. So I think it is a delicate balance. And I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. Like I said, I, I'm really excited that it is kind of like a filtering effect. It's just for people that want to be I mean, I've, I've seen shows like plays and stuff, and there's an opportunity. You can be in the play. You like, can be an actor of the play. You can be an audience member of the play. You can be like a front row audience member, like just fully paid, fully all in, fully 
giving into the illusion. Like I'm, I'm here to give into this illusion. I wanted to lose myself to this play. You can do that. You can sit on the side, like the high side seats and like, see, you can see who's doing the lights. You can see who's doing the audio. You can see who's acting. You can see the actors come on stage and off stage. You can see them behind stage. You're like, Oh wow. They transformed. And you can see the audience members just completely sold. You can see like the skeptical audience in the back, like half page. So I think it's just like awareness is my, my answer awareness is the volume button of consciousness and it's like just get aware as much as you can about what's going on here and i do think we've pointed in some really good directions like the, a few of the books i'm just a huge fan of books uh, as you are as well mm-hmm. like the, even cyber uh, psycho psycho cybernetics i'm on fire about that one uh outwitting the devil holy mackerel game changer uh virus of the mind Game changer, uh, breaking normal, and then uh, your books. I'm stoked about this new book you got coming out. I mean, these like start there if you feel inspired, because these are distillations of lifetimes of wisdom, not just some 19 year old that watched the that, that listened to their mom that watched the news yesterday that thinks they're a surgeon because they're wearing a mask at the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Well said. Those are some amazing books that Daniel just shared. We'll put links for those in the notes. You got to go check them out, starting with his book, of course. But yeah, Psycho-Cybernetics is a classic. I think it's from the 50s or the 60s, Maxwell Maltz. And uh, what he found in that book was, was fascinating, that we have this thermostat where we kind of self-sabotage ourselves, but also the plastic surgery cases, right? They went through the plastic surgery, but they still saw themselves as somebody who had a big nose or uh, some sort of... Um, uh, this, this dysfunction in their in their physical appearance, and uh, it's a fascinating book to really understand that subconscious mind. I'm curious to know what is have, what has been your biggest takeaway from that book so well, far. Well, let me just quote you guy. I got giggling because that was one of the things they said. Like, yeah, you're you saw the mask on the video. I can show you. It covers my nose, but they're like, yeah, it's not. You have to keep putting it over your nose. And I'm like, are you saying I have a big nose? That's what I, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I told them. I'm like, yeah, I have a big nose, but jeez. <laughs> Is he really? You're going to let her harass me about that when I just want to get a cookie? Jeez. Um, you're at, that book is it's kind of like the, what I was saying about the hunt, like with the intention. I had a clear intention. I'm leaving with a deer and a pig. And it's like the same thing with uh, golf. I think he uses the metaphor of golf a lot. And I've playing, been playing disc golf. Like if I go play golf or disc golf right now, I know I'm going to get that frisbee in that basket or I'm going to get that ball in that hole. If I know that, and most people that play those games know that that's going to happen. It might be embarrassing or it might be shameful how long or how many shots or it might be hard or it might be a little rough on your ego to get there. But that's what I think my takeaway from that book so far is, yes, there's going to be some faults and self-correcting mechanisms along the way. But if you are very clear with the future that you're remembering so much that you have like a nostalgia for it, it's going to happen. And uh, my faith, like my alchemy from that book is like, and how I, the why it's such an affirmation is to me. That's how I think too. I think uh, if I can remember the future, it's going to happen that way or even better. Especially if I can fuel it with like a an emotional charge. And that's why I spend so much of my life breathing deep, <laughs> breathing deep to get my nervous system this emotional charge to like leverage my mind to use creativity to remember a future that I want instead of think about a past that I don't like. Yeah. So I think it's a great book. It is. I love that. Last thing I want to talk about is you use the sun many, many ways. Uh, I saw that you get it in your tonsils. You get you, you sunbathe naked. Why do you like getting the sun in areas the sun usually doesn't shine? I mean, the sun, like if we're just going to look at things, like I'm an alien that came to this planet and I have this 
body, this machine to steward the sun and water, like sun and water just seem to be the most basics. Like, so where's the, how can I get the best sun in the best places? And how can I get the best water in the best places? So I love, I love polar plunging in fresh spring water and or hot spring water, whatever spring water. And I love getting sun, especially where it typically doesn't shine based on cultural reasons that the Bible, the most distributed text of all time explicitly explains that heaven, the garden of Eden was based on naked and free. And that like this first sign of shame is hiding and covering our private parts. So why the freak would I want to, I got to make sure to not do that when I can without getting arrested in right. this crazy matrix <laughs> we live in. And I think there's, you probably know more about the science than I even do, but putting my balls in the sun, putting even my butthole in the sun, putting my feet, like putting my throat and like trying to get through the, if I might, if I feel like my throat might be like inflamed or like, is there something going on in my throat? Let me get some sunshine out there. You got athlete's foot, put your freaking feet in the sun, take them out of the dark, wet, they got jock itch, put your balls in the sun. Like there's certain things and bacteria and viruses that just don't, it, don't survive in direct sunlight. And don't get too ambitious about this, because if you haven't put your balls in the sun or your yoni or whatever the cultural appropriate word is, if you haven't put that in the sun in a long time, don't do it for more than 15 minutes. Good <laughs> tip. First time, first time. <laughs> yeah, the sun is healing, dude. Every morning I get sun. I go on my rooftop, I get sun. I'm going to walk my dog after this. I'm going to get some sun. Uh, it upregulates so many different, because it's a hormetic stress. It actually forces your body to adapt. So it upregulates these different pathways. It helps your body actually synthesize or make cholesterol. It, viruses don't exist, or I shouldn't say that. It's hard for a virus to stay alive under heat. So the sun is, is so important. I love that you do that. I'm going to take a photo of myself getting some sunlight through my tonsils. I'm going to tag you on it. Yeah, I think you can go on like the CD even. Like, you know, you can go on. The thing is like, this might be, there might be a CDC commercial attached to whatever advertises this because of the topics. And look at their thing about um, like COVID and sunlight. If it is true that certain viruses have a hard time surviving on sunlight, why not spend a few minutes when the sun is really strong and powerful and relaxing to open my throat to it? And why did they shut down the beaches during the, the quarantine, it's right? Good question. Doesn't make any sense. Why do they serve fast food at hospitals? Yeah, exactly. Why are they giving donuts to people? <laughs> How do they even ethically do the idea of removing a uh, part of a little boy's penis before they even have a choice <laughs> to say so? And that's like being the normal incentivized thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of interesting questions. You always bring those up. Dude, where is the best place to go check you out? We talked about your YouTube channel and your book, but where else can the Keto Campers go check you out? Well, I mean, if, since this is a podcast, if you like podcasts, I love the Breaking Normal podcast. I mean, I, that's why I do it. I, I love this opportunity to tap into these conversations with these people that are willing to use like the, the creative constraint of time to leverage an outpouring of wisdom and then collecting it into like an hour download that I can listen to at double the speed. I mean, I love podcasts and audiobooks. So Breaking Normal Podcast is great. The Breaking Normal Audiobook is great. And then, um, man, I'd pretty much suggest everyone start microdosing on tribe vitamins. And if you're one of the people that don't know as much, hey, you can decide if you want to keep going from there. I do think there are long-term effects 
but I'm very ready to hear more about these miraculous testimonies. And I'm wondering if it's like, is someone just short of choline? Was that all they needed? Was someone just short of like a, a unique bioavailable form of zinc and copper? Because all these things are in that liver. And I'm just like, wow, this is so cool. My dad's been a pharmacist for over 40 years. My mom's been a nurse for over 40 years. I was pre-med, I took the MCATs, didn't want to get entangled in the medical system. So I'm really excited about this project specifically. I'm excited too. And uh, yeah, if you want to go get the Tribe Vitamins, go to tribevitamins.com. Use Keto Camp at checkout. Go check out the Breaking Normal podcast. Go check out all the work Daniel's doing out there. We're going to put everything in the notes of this podcast. Daniel, I want to acknowledge you, brother. I've known you for, what, six, seven years now, I think. And you always show up real, raw, and authentic. I've learned a lot from your teachings and your friendship and your support has been incredible. You wrote the foreword to my first book. So special to have that relationship with you. Thank you for showing up and being authentic and uh, just being who you are, which is real and raw. And I love what you're doing, brother. So keep breaking normal and thank you for coming on the show today. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. I've been playing a lot of chess lately and I'm like imagining i'm looking at humanity more as archetypes probably more than ever lately and uh yeah you are super inspiring like i you're the kind of guy if i was gonna like archetypally <laughs> replace you it's like yeah ben's like the guy like if you teach him like you you said i teach you something I'm like okay cool that's i i guess i'll take that because i learn a lot from my daughter and she teaches me everything in so many cool ways it reminds me of all those teachings and um yeah, you're like the kind of guy, like if I show Ben this, he, he's probably just going to be better. <laughs> he might become better at me than when I showed him. And there are people like that, and you're one of them. And um, so I'm just like so excited about how you're able to laser focus in on something. Like so maybe it has something to do with your reading of psychocybernetics, but realizing the power of that and committing to it. Mm -hmm. And then just like seeing the fruits that are consistently manifested from that. It's really inspiring. So keep going keep going like yeah I'm, I'm stoked to see where you end up i hope you enjoyed that conversation with daniel go get his book breaking normal we'll drop the links down below for you to go check that out if you want to get his tribe vitamins i've been taking the bison liver complex and i gotta tell you it's great high source quality sourcing, and you'll notice a difference, most people will, within 14 days of consuming it. Head to tribevitamins.com. Use KetoCamp at checkout for 11% off your first order. KetoCamp is spelled with two Ks, Keto, K, and Camp, K. Check out the link in the podcast notes down below to get Tribe Vitamins today. If you have not left the Keto Camp Podcast a rating or a review yet on Apple Podcasts, please do so. It really does help the show grow. Over on Apple Podcasts, leave that honest rating and review, and I thank you in advance. If you want to pre-order Keto Flex, which is going to be available very soon, April 12th, 2021, head to ketoflexbook.com. Shoot me a follow on Instagram at the Benazadi. Shoot me a follow on Clubhouse at the Benazadi. Thank you so much for listening to the entire episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. You'll hear me on the next one. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. 
Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.